It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. I am so Thank you. 
traditional worship music songbook. Yeah. 
Psalm 23, page 4. Thank you. 
prayer. Lord, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, we worship you, Lord, and we thank you for saving us. Thank you, Father, for the baptism of Brother Mark today. Thank you for washing his sins away and bringing him into this kingdom, into this fold, into this flock, into this congregation and church of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, for giving us another brother for an increase in the fellowship and an increase in the light that you are shining into this world. We ask you, Lord, to be with Mark forever without end. Lead him, guide him, and teach him. And please give him spiritual gifts of your choice. We ask you, Lord, your protection upon him. We ask you, Lord, to give him wisdom and discernment. We ask, Lord Father, that you would guide him and lead him forever. We pray that he'll never leave. We pray for this congregation to stay together in one spirit, in agreement, in unity, in the name of Jesus Christ forever. Father, we ask for your help today to receive your word, to remember your word, to never forget the lessons that we learned today. We ask for your help, Father. Be delivered from anything and everything that would hinder the truth or that would hinder our spiritual growth with you or that would hinder our maturity and truth and righteousness. Anything that would hinder us, Father, we ask for deliverance from. We ask, Lord, for your help in this today. Please break the chains of bondage. Deliver us from evil. May your will be done, Father, in all of this. This service, Father, is yours. We ask you, Lord, to speak to us and move through us this day. We are your people. We are your congregation. We are your church. Lead us now. Speak to us now. Teach us now, Lord. Open our hearts, our minds to receive your word without any hindrance. In the name of Jesus, so be it. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise Jesus. Happy Hanukkah, everyone. Fifth day of Hanukkah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's turn to the book of Daniel. Daniel chapter 2. Page 141, volume number 4, Book of Prophets, page 141, Daniel chapter 2, verse 27. 
Daniel 2, verse 27. We're reading from the Alpha and Omega Bible translation. And today, the topic is QAnon. Q, anonymous. What is Q, anonymous? What is that? We know it, most people know it by five letters. Q, A, N, O, N. That is the short form or abbreviation of Q, anonymous. What it is, is there is somebody, someone on the internet, who are making anonymous posts, anonymous postings on the internet. This person claims to be inside the government, someone who knows Trump personally, somebody who knows what is going on behind the scenes. Supposedly, he knows, has secret information, and what Trump's secret plan is to defeat evil, how he will accomplish this. And supposedly, the plan is that Trump will eventually, in time, gather up all of the Democrat leaders, Obama, Hillary Clinton, other leaders of evil, and arrest them and throw them into prison. Sounds good. Amen. Sounds good. It would be a wonderful thing if Trump was to gather the evil leaders, Obama, Clinton and others, arrest them, throw them in prison, would be a wonderful thing. I'm not against that. But is that reality? Will it happen? A lot of people would like to think that it will happen. A lot of people want to think on the positive side be very positive, have hope. It is it tickles the ears. It makes you feel good. It's a feel good message. It's a feel good theology. It's a feel good hope. But will it occur? Will it occur? When people believe in such conspiracy theories, they should think it out. Take time to think. How would this occur and what would be the consequences? Think it out. Amen. Use common sense. Use intelligence. Use wisdom. Use the gifts that God has hopefully given you intelligence, common sense. If this was to happen, in the context of modern day reality conditions that actually exist, really exist, 
Democrats control the House of Representatives. And even the United States Senate, even though the Republicans have a small small majority or small leadership over the Democrats in the Senate, even a lot of those people in the Senate are not for Trump. They are actually on the side of the Democrats. So if Trump was to arrest Obama and Clinton, it would result in the immediate meeting of Congress to declare that the president is unfit, that he has lost his mind, that he is mentally unstable, that he is going against the Constitution, that he is has proclaimed himself as a dictator, that he is uh, doing everything illegal. These would be the claims. This would be the reaction of Congress, not only the Democrats, but actually a lot of the Republicans. Not just a few, but a lot of Republicans. Almost everybody in the Senate and in the House of Representatives, almost everybody in government of the United States would go against Trump. This is the truth. This is the reality. Grow up. Grow up. It's nice to believe in fairy tales and to believe the best and to hope for the best, but when it is simply not going to happen, then face the reality. Amen. What does the Bible say about this? Amen. Look at Daniel 2, verse 27. Daniel 2, verse 27. And Daniel answered before the king, Nebuchadnezzar, and said, The mystery which the king asks the explanation of is not in the power of the wise men, magicians, enchanters, or smoothsayers to declare to the king. In other words, the false religious leaders of the time, false prophets, the false pastors, the false priests, did not have the ability or the power to give the true interpretation to the king. Verse 28, but there is a God in heaven revealing mysteries, and he has made known to the king, Nebuchadnezzar, what what things must come to pass in the last days. Your dream and the visions of your head upon your bed are as follows. 
14. Your thoughts upon your bed arose as to what must come to pass hereafter. And he that reveals mysteries has made known to you what must come to pass. What must, must come to pass. Moreover, this mystery has not been revealed to me by reason of wisdom or intelligence, which is in me beyond all others living, but by the sake of making known the interpretation to the king that you might know the thoughts of your heart. In other words, Daniel is saying, this is not by my own power, my own ability that I am going to interpret the dream, but rather it is by the power of God that I will interpret the dream. That is basically what Daniel said. Verse 31, you, O king, saw, and behold, an image. That image was great, and the appearance of it excellent, standing before your face. And the form of it was awesome. There was an image, the head of which was fine gold, its hands and its chest and arms of silver, its belly and thighs of brass. 33, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of clay. He saw until a stone was cut out of a mountain without hands, and it smote it, the image upon its feet of iron and clay, and utterly reduced them to powder, Then once for all, the clay, the iron, the brass, the silver, the gold, were ground to powder and became as chaff from the summer dressing floor. And the violence of the wind carried them away, and no place was found for them. And the stone which had smitten it, the image, became a great mountain and filled all the earth. This is the dream, and we would tell the interpretation thereof before the king. Amen. Now notice here in verse 36, it says, we will tell. There's only one man, Daniel. But in agent language, many times they would use the word we, or us, then they were proclaiming not only themselves, but God's power in them. Their power, their authority, their authorship. That is why in Genesis, God said, let us make man in our image, even though God is only one person, one spirit, one soul. God was talking about his power. Kings used the same language, us, our. Even though there's only one king on the throne, king of Egypt, the king of Babylon, whoever, 
one man would be speaking and use the word we or are when referring to himself and his authority. Daniel used the same language. Verse 37, you, O king, are a king of kings, to whom the God of heaven has given a powerful and strong and honorable kingdom. There's a reason in verse 37, there is a reason in verse 37 why it says king of kings and there's a small letter K in the word kings. There's a reason I put that in there like that with a small letter K is because that word kings, pearl, with an S, is speaking of minor kings, minor rulers, leaders underneath King Nebuchadnezzar. He is the king of human kings. He's not God. He is not the king of kings, but he is a king of minor kings. To whom the God of heaven has given a powerful and strong and honorable kingdom. Now King Nebuchadnezzar was a pagan. He was not a true follower of God. But it says that the God of heaven, the true God, gave him his power, his kingdom, his authority. We must understand, please, people, please understand, that according to the Bible, even the evil governments, even the wicked kings, even the atheists and unbelieving kings, even the communists, Nazis, Islamic kings upon this earth are appointed by God. That is very clear in Scripture. This Nebuchadnezzar being one example of many. He was a pagan, and yet the Bible says God gave him this kingdom, that kingdom. Verse 38, in every place where the children of men dwell in the Middle East in that day and time. And he has given into your hand, God has given into your hand, the wild beasts of the field, and the birds of the sky, and the fish of the sea, and he has made you ruler of all. You are the head of gold in the dream. You're the head of gold. King Nebuchadnezzar was the head of gold. And after you shall arise another kingdom, greater or inferior to you, and a third kingdom, which is the brass, which shall have dominion over all the earth, but that should say all the land. 
And the fourth kingdom, which shall be as strong as iron, as iron beats to powder and subdues all things, it shall beat to powder and subdue. And whereas you saw the feet and the toes, part of clay and part of iron, the kingdom shall be divided. Yet there shall be in it of the strength of iron, as you saw the iron mixed with clay. And whereas the toes of the feet were part of iron and part of clay, part of the kingdom should be stone, and part of it should be broken. Whereas you saw the iron mixed with clay, they should be mingled, mixed, with the seed of men. What is the seed of men? Offspring, children. This foretells, prophesies, predicts that in the end time there are going to be Nephilim, half demon, half human. But they should not cleave together as the iron does not mix itself with clay. And in those days of those kings, the God of heaven shall set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. And his kingdom shall not be left to another people, but it shall beat to pieces and grind to powder all other kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. Whereas you saw that a stone was cut out of a mountain without hands, meaning without human hands, this was done. This was accomplished without human hands. And it beat to pieces the clay, the iron, the brass, the silver, the gold. The great God has made known to the king what must, must happen hereafter. The dream is true, and the interpretation thereof is sure. So what Nebuchadnezzar dreamed about the statue or image of the kingdoms of the earth in each time frame or era? He was the head of gold. But after his kingdom, there would be another kingdom that God would bring upon the earth. And then another kingdom. And then another. In the last days, in our day, in our time, the son of perdition, the son of destruction, president of Syria, will be ruler of the ten toes the feet of iron and clay, including half-demon and half-humans, as rulers, kings over this earth. Each kingdom is appointed by God to come upon the earth and to be replaced by the next kingdom after it, one after another. One of those kingdoms was the Greek Empire. One of those kingdoms was the Persian 
Iranians. One of those kingdoms was the Roman Empire. As much as we do not like the Roman Empire, God ordained, appointed the Roman Empire to come upon the earth. Those legs of iron existed for a very long time. From the time of the Greek Empire until this very day, the iron of the Roman Empire still exists. The iron of the legs continue into the feet and into the toes mixed with clay. That represents that the Roman Empire in our day and time under the president of Syria will be mixed with the Islamic Empire. We will see both the Roman Catholic Church which is the iron of the Roman Empire, mixed with the Middle Eastern Islamic Empire, a mixture between Assad and the Roman Catholic popes. That is what we see in the toes and feet of iron and clay. But after Assad and after his kingdom, Jesus will come back. That is the kingdom of God. That is the mountain that is cut out without hands in verse 45. That mountain is the mountain of God. The word mountain is symbolic for government or kingdom. That mountain is the government of God that is made without human hands. It is from God. And it will crush and destroy the head of gold, and all the other parts of the body of human government, even the feet and the toes, will be destroyed by the government of God. These governments upon the earth these nations and these kings and presidents and leaders, evil ones, pagan ones, including Obama and Clinton and Assad, who will remove these? How will these people be removed from power? Is it because of Trump? Is it because of prison or arrest or human hands, humans arresting people? No. It is by God. It is by Jesus coming back and bringing his kingdom and destroying these kingdoms. Amen. Of course, God might use Trump in some way in this, and I do hope and do pray that God will preserve Trump, protect him in hiding during the tribulation. Hopefully, maybe. Protect Trump in hiding during the tribulation and bring Trump out of hiding in the final month, two months, three months, in those final days before Jesus comes back. Hopefully, maybe God would choose to do that. I do not know. This is my prayer. But whatever God chooses, whatever God chooses, that would be 
But the victory will not be at the beginning of the tribulation. Whether God uses Trump or does not use Trump, the victory will not occur before the tribulation. The victory, the destruction of evil, the destruction of evil kings, evil presidents, evil leaders, that does not come until the end of the tribulation. Amen. This is what scripture teaches. To believe that things are going to get better between now and the end of time is foolish. Let's practice wisdom and discernment and intelligence and common sense and Bible scripture. Amen. To think that Somehow, Trump is going to work a great miracle and make America great again and destroy the wicked forces and the wicked rulers. It's laughable. Insane. Ridiculous. Foolish. Unrealistic. Fairy tale. Amen. Wishful thinking, but in vain. Not reality, not true, not real. Look down to verse 49. Daniel acts of the king, and he appointed Sabrach, Mishrach, and Abagrago to say, these three young men, if you want to, over the affairs of the provincial government of Babylon. But Daniel was in the king's palace. In other words, Daniel and these three other Hebrew men became rulers in the kingdom of Babylon. So, it is not wrong for the true people of God to be involved in human government. That is not wrong. Many people believe that we should not vote, that we should not get involved in human government. They believe that all human government is evil and all human government is sinful and all human government and all attempts improve things by using the human government, they believe that all of this is sinful and wrong. But that also is not accurate thinking. Because God has used the governments of man over and over again. God uses us. God uses humans. God uses this human flesh. Amen. He uses human kings. He used the human king of Persia to rebuild the temple. Amen. At any time, God could have removed all of these kings in this statue, 
Nebuchadnezzar and the Persian Empire and the Greek and the Roman Empire, at any time God could have removed any and all of these empires and appointed godly men to lead the earth in full control. But God did not do that. Instead, he appointed pagan unbelievers as the heads of government over the largest empires on this earth. By God's choice, God did this over and over. And within those governments, God appointed his people, Daniel and Jacob and Joseph and Moses and other men of God throughout the Bible to be part of those governments. God never told any man of the Bible do not participate in human government. Never said it. Never commanded it. But just the opposite. God appointed his people to be involved in human government time after time. Amen. So we must have the right balance. Some people are going too far to the left. Some people are going too far to the right. We must have the right balance to think that we cannot be involved with human government at all is dangerous and foolish and not God's will. Because that leaves the evil people full control over the earth. And not that should not be so, because God always appointed some godly people to get involved in that. Amen. But yet, on the other side, the other extreme, people believe... that when we are involved in the human government, that it is by our power and our strength that we will save the world and destroy all evil in this day, in this time, this year. And that is not realistic thinking. We must have the proper balance. Notice here also in this chapter that God gave Nebuchadnezzar and the next kingdom and the next kingdom and the next kingdom, including the end-time government upon the earth, the toes and feet, the nations. God gives Assad the nations of the earth. I will prove to you also from other scripture that the president of Syria will be given by God all nations, including America. It is in the Bible that Assad will be given all 
facade will be given all nations, including America, then how is it possible that Trump will magically make America great again and America survives back to power? The two is opposite. Look at chapter 7. Verse 1. Daniel 7, verse 1. Daniel 7, make sure they know that. Verse 1. In the first year of Balthazar, king of the Chaldeans, Daniel had a dream and visions of his head upon his bed, and he wrote his dream. I, Daniel, beheld and looked lo, the four winds of heaven blew violently upon the great sea, Mediterranean. There came up four great beasts out of the sea, different from one another. The first was a lion, and its wings as an eagle. I beheld upon its wings were plucked, and it was lifted off from the earth, and it stood on human feet, and a human's heart was given to it. And behold, a second beast, like a bear, and it supported itself on one side, and there were three ribs in its mouth between its teeth, and thus they said to it, Arise, devour, eat much flesh. And this one I looked, after this one I looked, and behold another wild beast as a leopard, and it had four wings of a bird upon it. And the wild beast had four heads, and power was given to it. After this, I looked, and behold, a fourth beast. Dreadful, terrible, feeding strong. And his teeth were of iron, devouring and crushing to atoms. And it trampled the remainder with its feet. And it was altogether different from the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. I noticed his horns, and behold, another little horn came up in the midst of them. And before it, three of the former horns were rooted out. And behold, there were eyes as eyes of a man in his horn, and a mouth speaking great things. I beheld until the thrones were set, and the agents of days sat, and his remnant clothing was white as snow. And the hair of his head as white as pure wool. His throne was a flame of fire, and his wheels burning fire. Notice the throne was fire, and the wheels were fire. A river of fire rushed forth before him. Thousands, thousands ministers to him, and ten thousands of thousands attended to him. The judgment set. 
and the scrolls were opened. I beheld then because of the voice of the great words, which that horn spoke, until the wild beast was slain and destroyed. And his body, Assad's body, gave him to be burnt with fire, with the lake of fire. What fire? Fire that was described in the previous verses. God's presence will devour Assad. Verse 12. And the dominion of the rest of the wild beasts, talking about the demons, was taken away. The governments of the demons was taken away. It's not just the government, but even the demons themselves are taken away into the bottomless pit. But a prolonging of life was given to them for certain times. In other words, when Jesus comes back and destroys Assad and both popes, the demons, the other demons, and Satan will all be thrown into prison, to Tyrus. until the thousand years is finished. That's what it means by a prolonging of life. It was given to them for a certain time, talking about a thousand years of prison for the rest of the demons, but not for Assad and the popes, for they are killed upon the arrival of Jesus. Verse 13, I beheld in the night vision. And lo, one coming with the clouds of heaven as the son of mankind. He came on to the agent of days and was brought near to him. Now, there's only one spirit, one God, that is Jesus. But Jesus came through the body of Mary. And it is that part that came through Mary that we see in verse 13 going up to the agent of days. The agent of days is the greater measure of God that never came through Mary. So it's like the left hand and the right hand of one body, one person, one spirit, one God, one soul. The only part of him goes through Mary. So now we see the two parts, the two hands, interacting with one another. That is what we see. This does not prove that there is two different Godheads. Because that would be some kind of Greek monster. Come on now. Use common sense. God gave us a brain. Use it. Sorry if you feel insulted, but the truth is the truth. Use your brain. Verse 14, and to him was given the dominion, the part that came through Mary, took the dominion and the honor and the kingdom and all nations, tribes, and languages to serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away. Does it say America shall not pass away? No. It does not say that America will not pass away. In fact, the opposite is true. If all these different kingdoms are upon the earth, 
but all the kingdoms are destroyed and replaced by the mountain of God, then yes, America will cease to exist. Amen. America must come to an end for the kingdom of God to be established. And all these people that put all their time and all their focus and all their social media posts focusing on King Trump as if he is the Savior, as if he is the Messiah, as if he is God, as if he is the great hope, is idolatry. All these people who are part of the Q Anonymous promotion, the Church of Trump, with Trump as their profile picture, as Trump and Q Anonymous as the majority of what they're focusing on, they don't have the right focus. I can see why a lot of people think that Trump is the Antichrist. Because people by the thousands, perhaps by the millions, are worshiping him. Absolutely. But it is impossible for him to be the Antichrist, the son of perdition, because he is not Assyrian. He does not have Assyrian blood. He is not the king of Assyria. So it's impossible. But I can understand why people would believe that he is the Antichrist, because the United States, the Americans, the Republicans, the conservatives, all the people of QAnon, they are worshiping Trump. And it is no longer the Church of Jesus, but it is the Church of Trump all across the Internet. It is idolatry. If they do not repent, I will void their baptism by the power of God. I do have that power. I've done it before. I'll do it again. Don't get me wrong. I like Trump. I support Trump. I promote Trump. I put posts on the Internet about Trump and the good that he is doing. But he is not the savior of America. And will not leave. Time is short. Wake up. Time is short. To believe that Trump has time left to do everything that the church of Trump is claiming that he is going to do is unrealistic, not reality. Time is short. The great tribulation is at the door. And if you do not believe that great tribulation is at the door, then you have no discernment, no wisdom, and not much common sense. To be honest with you. Look, read the news, pay attention. What is going on with Syria, Iran, Russia, China? The great tribulation at the door. Trump does not have time to rescue and save America. And the reality is, as much as I support Trump, I must also confess his sins, his weaknesses, 
his faults, his transgressions. He is constantly shaking hands with the king of Saudi Arabia, with a Muslim. And Trump is not a true follower of Jesus. He's a false Christian, like all the rest of the Christians on the Internet. Just like all the conservatives on the Internet, he's a false Christian. He does not keep the seventh day. He does not keep God's holy days. He participates in Christmas and Easter and probably Halloween. His wife is Catholic, and yet he does not demand her repentance. His ideal to leave Syria is extremely dangerous and a wrong decision. And he has made some other wrong decisions as well. He is not perfect. He is not God. He is not Savior. He is not Messiah. He is not who is going to save America before the tribulation. The Bible is going to be fulfilled over and above any plan that Trump may or may not have. The Bible will be fulfilled, the great tribulation will come, regardless of Trump. Stop worshiping Trump. And stop wasting your time on a conspiracy theory of Q anonymous. It is in vain. Look at Ezekiel 38. Ezekiel Praise Jesus. In the year, I believe it was 2008, I'll start in verse 1. In the year 2008, I was walking the highway.
of this sign. China will invade the U.S. I was carrying this sign down the highway. I looked down on the highway and found these giant hooks and chains. I did not know at the time what they were, but I knew I was supposed to pick them up Put them over my shoulder and carry them with me down the highway with the sign. Then a car stopped to ask me questions. And another car. And another car. Three or four cars over time that day stopped to ask me questions. Until that day, nobody on the highway ever stopped to ask me questions. But as soon as God gave me these chains and hooks, people started to stop to ask me questions. Among those people, there was these two young men that asked me, where in the Bible does it say that Russia and China will invade the United States? I said, go to Ezekiel. No, actually, no. I said, look in the Bible for the words Gog and Magog. So after that, I went back to the tent where I was living because I lived in a tent at that time because that is what Jesus wanted me to do. And I lived in a tent for seven full years. I went back to my tent, and I did what I told those two young men to do, to look in the Bible for the words Gog and Mega. And I found them here in this verse, Ezekiel 38. Verse 1, and the word of Jesus came to me, saying, Son of mankind, set your face against God and the land of Magog, Rosh, Prince of Mashkal, and Tabal, and prophesy against him. And say to him, Thus saith the Lord Jesus, Behold, I am against you, Rosh, Prince or leader, King of Mashkal and Tabal. And verse 4, 
I will gather you and all your hosts, multitudes, army, horses and horsemen, all wearing breastplates with a great multitude, shields and helmets and swords. Iran, Persian, and Kush, and Pute, all with helmets and shields. Gomer and all belonging to him, the house of Gorgama, from the end of the north, and all belonging to him, and many nations with you. I have to look in New American Standard here because I think there is some difference. In the King James and in the NASB, in verse 4, it says, I will turn you about and put hooks into your jaws, and I will bring you out and all your army, horses and horsemen, all of them. So in the King James and NASB and other translations, it talks about hooks, that God will put a hook in their jaw, in their mouth. And bring them into this land of America and Israel. So this was only a matter of a few minutes after I had felt the hooks. Only minutes. After God gave me these hooks, I read in the Bible, in verse 4, that God will put hooks in the mouth of Russia and bring them into this land. So even though the Alpha and Omega Bible does not contain the word hooks in this verse, I have to double check on that about why. But that is besides the point. The point is that I read in this verse that God would put hooks in God only minutes after finding the hooks. That is God. Whether the word hooks belong in this verse or don't belong in this verse does not really matter does not really matter whether hooks belong in this verse or not. Say that again. What matters is that God gave me the hooks and then confirmed to me that this invasion is coming, that it will be Russia and China, that the war is real, the invasion will be real. And notice something else about the timeline. Go down to verse 
he shall be prepared after many days, and he shall come at the end of years, meaning the end of time, and shall come to a land that is brought back from the sword. The people are gathered from many nations against the land of Israel, which was entirely desolate, and he has come forth out of the nations, and they shall all dwell securely. What this means is that the land of Israel was restored in 1940-something and 1960s, 1948. Israel was restored. People were brought back from different nations and brought back into the land of Israel. But not only that, but also America is a people that has brought from different nations into one land, dwell in freedom and security. Verse 9, and you shall go up as rain and shall arrive as a cloud to cover the land. And there shall you be with all that are about you and many nations with you. So it won't be just one nation or two nations, but many nations to invade Israel and America because we are one of the tribes of Israel. Verse 10, thus saith the Lord Jesus, it shall also come to pass in that day that thoughts shall come up in your heart and you shall devise evil devices or evil plans. And you shall say, I will go up to the rejected land. And we are rejected by the world. Israel is and America is rejected by the world. I will come upon them and they that are at ease in tranquility and dwelling in peace, all inhabiting a land in which there is no wall, nor bars, nor have they doors. In other words, Trump will not be able to finish building the wall. This is scripture. Why would it say that this land has no wall unless that's important? This was written for a reason. I I like the wall. It should be built for defense of this nation. God told Israel to build a wall. It's in the Bible. God told Israel to defend their their nation by building a wall around their nation. God told Israel to do that. That's okay with God. There's nothing wrong with defending your nation from invaders. And there are Chinese and Iranians and Syrians and Mexicans and other people coming across the border into America illegally. There is nothing wrong about trying to build a wall. It is actually a good and godly thing to do. But according to Scripture, not according to me, not according to my thinking or my opinion, but according to Scripture, the wall will not be here. They might start building it. They have already started building. But it's impossible for them to finish it. Impossible, 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 impossible for them to finish building it, according to the Bible. Many people 
think this is only talking about invasion of the tribe of Judah, the Jews in the Middle East, Israel. But they do not understand. They have not read enough of the Bible to understand that Israel is not just the tribe of Judah. Israel is 12 tribes, always has been, always will be. Israel is 12 tribes, not just the Jews. And the 12 tribes includes the British Commonwealth, England, much of Western Europe, Australia, and America. We are part of Israel. That is why the Jews and Americans are the same color as far as those that came from Europe rather than Africa. We are of the same color as the Jews, the whites. And it is why English language is the main dominating language upon the planet, even in sign language. Even though there are many different languages in sign language, American sign language dominates. And America dominates. America is the police force of the world for a reason, because God wants it to be that way, because God promised the descendants, the children of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that we would be powerful, that we would rule our enemies and our brothers. God promised this. This is why we are the police of the world. This is why the American dollar dominates the economy of the world. All of this and more proves that America is Israel. So you have to understand who Israel is in order to understand end-time prophecy. Amen. And that is another reason why no president of the United States could ever be the Antichrist is because we are Israel. We are not the Assyrians. We are not Syria. We are not Gentile. We are Israel. So it is impossible for an American president, any American president, to be the Antichrist. The wall will not be built. You can fund it. You can start building it. You can sign all the paperwork you want. You can sign an executive order. You can declare state of emergency. Whatever Trump wants to do, but it will not work. It's in vain. Hey, it's a good attempt. Congratulations, but it's not going to happen. This is the reality. Not a fairy tale. People all over the United States have contacted me over the years told me about their dreams of the Russians and Chinese invading America. And all the dreams are the same. Some people see only the Russians. Some people see only the Chinese. But other than that, it is the same. It makes sense that some people would see the Russians because they're on the East Coast. 
Now the people will see the Chinese if they're on the West Coast. But the dreams are the same about seeing the invading armies coming in and shooting people and killing people, even killing themselves. The people that see these dreams get killed in the dreams because they don't repent. Time after time, these people have called me or emailed me or wrote me, said, I saw this dream, and I was shot. I was killed in the dream. And none of these people ever repent. None of them get baptized. None of them keep the seventh day of the holy days forever. They always leave God if they even come to God. That's why they get killed in the invasion. That's why God is showing them in their dream that they're going to get killed. According to the Apotica, according to the scriptures, the Apotica, in Egypt, God gave dreams to the Egyptians about the tenth plague that their children would die before it happened. The same is happening today. God has given dreams to the Americans that they're going to die because of their sins. They should be repenting when they have this dream, but they don't repent. The invasion is going to happen. Amen. Time is short. And we can see the Russians and the Chinese and the Iranians and the Assyrians, we can see them preparing their troops, their missiles, their armies, their satellites, their weapons, everything they have, they are preparing them for war, publicly on display. We can see with our own eyes that they are preparing for war. It does not take a prophet of God to know that the Russians and the Chinese are preparing to invade America. This does not even take a true follower of Jesus to have enough intelligence to see what they are preparing to do. So why would anyone fall for a conspiracy theory that says that Trump will always and forever protect America, arrest the demons, arrest the evil rulers, conquer all evil, save America, or even that God would use Trump to do this because why would God bless America when America is lost? Even the conservatives, even the Christians, even Franklin Graham, even every television evangelist on American television and African television, they're lost. They're not saved. Why would God bless America? God, why would God protect America? Why would God save America? America is wicked, even as Australia is wicked. And all nations are wicked. God is going to destroy him. We must face the reality. 
You can dream all you want. Fantasize, I mean, all you want. Have a fantasy or imagination all you want. <clears throat> but that's all it is for hope for America until the end. According to the Bible, after judgment comes, that is when the people will repent around the world. The repentance and the great number of people coming to the truth and truly getting saved, that comes after the destruction. Amen. Look at book of Jeremiah, chapter 34. And if you're using any translation other than the Alpha and Omega, it would be Jeremiah 27. But in Alpha and Omega, we're going to turn to Jeremiah 34. If you have a copy of the Alpha Omega Bible, we're in Jeremiah 34. But if you have any other translation, it's chapter 27, Jeremiah 27, because the chapter numbers are different, because the chapter arrangements have changed over time. But it's the same scriptures, but in the original Bible that Jesus used, it would have been chapter 34. Jeremiah 34. Verse 1 through 15. Thus saith Jesus, make to yourselves bonds, this is to Jeremiah, make to yourself bonds and yoke, and put them around your neck, and you shall send them to the king of Edom, and to the king of Moab, and to the king of the children of Ammon, and to the king of Tyre, and to the king of Sidon, by the hands of their messengers that come to meet them at Jerusalem, to Zephaniah, king of Judah. And you shall commission them to say to their lords, meaning rulers, thus say of Jesus, Theos of Israel, thus shall you say to your rulers, I have made the earth by my great power. And by my high arm, I will give it to whomsoever it shall seem good in my eyes. In other words, God says he will give the government to whoever he chooses to give to. Verse 6, I gave the land, it should say, to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, to serve him, and the wild beasts of the field to labor for him. And the nation and the kingdom, all that shall not put their neck under the yoke of the king of Babylon, with the sword and the famine, I will visit them, say of Jesus, until they are consumed by my hand. In other words, God commanded Jeremiah to tell the Jews and all of Israel, Babylon will invade. It will happen. And when they do, you are to surrender. Not fight back. 
but give up, surrender, submit to the king of Babylon. This is what the Bible says. And that if you resist the king of Babylon, if you fight the king of Babylon, God will destroy you. Now, after the kingdom of Babylon, there was the Persian Empire. But they still called themselves the kingdom of Babylon. After that was the Greek Empire that they even realized. They did also realize they were the kingdom of Babylon. Even the Roman Empire, of course, is Babylon, right? Roman Catholic Church, the Roman Empire, they are Babylon, right? All these different empires of the statue that Nebuchadnezzar saw, they are Babylon, even though it comes under different titles for each generation. Even the Assyrian king Assad, he is Babylon. We see in the book of Revelation that when Jesus comes back, he destroys Babylon. So even though the, the head of gold was Babylon, the whole statue is also Babylon under Babylonian mind frame, Babylonian blood, Babylonian spirit for all these different generations. The head of gold controls the body. The head, the brain, controls the chest, the belly, the arms, the feet, the toes. You cannot have the toes without having the head still alive. So it's not just the toes that exist in our time for the Assyrian Empire, but also the head, which is Babylon. So when it says here that God told Jeremiah to tell Israel that they must surrender to Babylon, it is also true for us too. But when the Russians and the Chinese are sent by Assad into the land of America, Australia, Korea, we are not to fight the invaders. Because those invading armies, they are being sent by God. God determines the outcome of war. God is sending the armies into our land to invade us because of our sins. And we deserve it. America is not too great to fall. America deserves to fall and should fall and will fall. America, many, many, many Americans have embraced Obama, Clinton, Democrat Party, abortion, Islam, homosexuality, communism, atheism, unbelief, Christmas, Easter, and the list goes on and on and on the multitudes of sins of even the so-called Christians and conservatives. They're not saved. God will not bless this nation. He will destroy this nation and any nation and every nation that has forsaken him 
and America has forsaken him. Amen. Do not fight back because these armies are being sent by God to spank us. Do not fight your father while he is spanking you because the spanking will only get worse. According to this scripture, if you resist the king of Babylon, God will destroy you with that king of Babylon. The instruction, if you read all of this in the next few chapters, the instruction is that Babylon would invade your land, but if you surrender and obey the king of Babylon, he will be good to you. And you will be able to live in the land and raise gardens and have food and be blessed by God, even blessed by the king of Babylon. And that was God's promise to Jeremiah, that I have plans for you to prosper you, plans of hope and not of harm. That's a very famous verse in the Bible. But what that verse is all about is if you do not resist the army but surrender to the invading army, I will bless you. That is what that verse is all about. People don't know that. But that's the context. That God will bless you and protect you and help you if you submit yourself to human government, even the wicked human government that God has appointed upon the land for his purpose. This is scripture. Amen. Look at Zechariah 4. Zechariah, all of this is in the book of Zion 4, the prophets. Page 187 or around 187, 188, according to what edition, what year, or what month that you got your copy of the Alpha and Omega Bible. Book of Zechariah, chapter 4. Verse 1. Now, the context of Zechariah 4 is after Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonian kingdom was gone, the next kingdom came, and that was the Persian Empire. But they still called themselves the Babylonian Empire. And 70 years passed after the invasion. The temple had been destroyed at the beginning of the 70 years, and Israel was under captivity of Babylon for 70 years. At the end of the 70 years, God restores the temple through his servants, 
through government leaders in Persia, through the government of Persia, the king of Persia, God restores the temple. So verse 1, and the angel that talked with me returned and awakened me, as when a man is awakened out of his sleep. And he said to me, what do you see? I said, I have seen and behold a lampstand or menorah all of gold and it's a bowl upon it the oil bowl upon it and seven lamps seven oil pots oil containers upon it and seven oil funnels to the lamps upon it this is a menorah and two olive trees above it one on the right of the bowl one on the left and i questioned and spoke to the angel that talked with me saying what are these things my lord and the angel that talked with me answered and spoke to me saying know you not what these things are and i said no my lord and the angel spoke to me saying this is the word of jesus to zorabala now zorabala was the governor the governor government leader of judah he was a jew who the persian empire king has appointed to lead the jews so he's part of the government but under the power of the persian empire this is the word of jesus who zorbala saying not by mighty power nor by strength that means not by human power but by my spirit saith the lord i mean jesus almighty so jesus was saying this government and church and all this these people i have chosen you're going to rebuild the temple and uh, uh repair the temple whatever and restore and cleanse and purify and dedicate the temple but it's not going to be by your human power not by the strength of your muscles even though you're going to have to physically labor even though you will have to physically lift things up and scrub and clean and do physical labor but it's not going to be by your own power that this is going to come to pass that the temple will be restored but it's by my power my choice my power my spirit says jesus amen we've got to realize that if anything is going to be saved or cleansed or accomplished even though we are involved in it even though we have to do something physically with our hands and feet it is still the force behind it is god and if god is not behind it it will not be accomplished amen verse 7 jesus says to this governor Who are you 
the great mountain before Zorobala, that you should prosper. Whereas I will bring out the stone of the inheritance, the grace of it, the equal of my grace. And the word of Jesus came to me saying, the hands of Zorobala have laid the foundation of this house, and his hands shall finish it. And you should know that Jesus Almighty has sent me to you. For who has despised, despised the small days? Surely they shall rejoice and see the plummet of ten in the hand of Zorabala. These are the seven eyes that look upon all the earth. Talking about seven angels that are watching the earth, reporting things back to Jesus. And I answered and said to him, What are these two olive trees? which are on the right and left of the menorah. And I asked the second time and said to him, what are the two branches of the olive trees that are by the side of the two golden pipes? By the side of the two golden pipes that pour into and communicate with the golden oil funnels. And he said to me, know you not what these are? And I said, no, my Lord. And he said, these are the two anointed ones that stand by Jesus of the whole earth. And what it means by the two anointed ones that stand by Jesus of the whole earth. These two anointed ones in that day, that time, that generation, was Zorabala, the governor, and a man named Joshua or Jehoshua or some form of that name, who was the high priest. So one was a government leader, and the other was a religious leader, two men, humans. The only way they stand before Jesus of the whole earth is through prayer, hearing the voice of God, listening to God, obeying God. This does not mean that they are in heaven. This does not mean that they are in heaven. This does not mean that they go to heaven or ascend to heaven or any such thing. I'm right here behind this pulpit. I'm standing before the Lord right now. Okay? Anytime I hear the voice of God, I'm standing before the Lord of the whole earth. You do not have to be in heaven to do that. So it's saying that these are his two men that he has chosen to hear his voice and represent him upon the earth. And God has chosen these two men, one a religious leader and one a government leader, man's government, to do his work in the church of God, the temple of God. Now, the oil funnels and the olive trees represent the source of the power by which these two men are able to work. It is not of their own physical muscle power, even though they must use their physical muscles. But the real source of their strength is the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, represented by the olive trees. Throughout the Bible, olive oil is the symbol of God's Spirit. That is why we use olive oil to anoint ourselves or to anoint other people. The oil is a symbol for God's spirit. 
his power. So the two olive trees are on each side of the menorah in this dream, representing that these two men get their power, their strength, their ability, their blessing, their ordination from God, God's power. And it will be through the power of the tree of life that these two men will accomplish anything. Amen. Now, when you read about the two witnesses in the book of Revelation, chapter 11, in our day, in our time, it describes them as being the olive trees. It describes them as being the uh, anointed ones, his prophets upon the earth. And it refers back to this verse. So I do believe that it's very possible that the two witnesses will be a human religious leader and a human government leader, just as it was in the time of the Old Testament. I believe it's even possible that the prime minister of Israel right now, that he might even eventually be one of the two witnesses. I do not know, but it's possible. A government leader and a religious leader as the two witnesses is very possible. But if the temple would be restored, Purified or cleansed, it would be by the choice and by the power of God. If we apply that for Trump and make America great again and Q Anonymous, it would take God's blessing and God's power to save this nation. But God is not going to do that in the way that people want. I do believe that God will save this nation in the end. Not the way that people want it to happen. Don't notice the way that God worked throughout time with Israel is instead of giving them their own nation and their own king after they had turned against him, after God divorced Israel, God did divorce Israel in the Bible. God divorced. And Israel, his wife, did not die. Israel, his wife, did not die, and God divorced her because the nation sinned against him through pagan idolatry, pagan holidays, and so forth, and uh, Islam and the Star of David. That is why God divorced Israel. And so God divorced Israel. That means he also divorced these people who keep Christmas and Easter, including Trump. Trump is guilty of the same sins as Israel was. And so are most Americans. I see no reason for God to bless America. No reason. 
except for the promise of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and that's all. If God restores and purifies and cleanses America, it will be through the Babylonian Empire the way he has always worked. It will be through bringing Assad into this nation. It will be through war and conquest and blood and sweat and tears is the only way God is going to save this land. Amen. We must face the reality. Now let's go to the New Testament. Revelation 13. Revelation 13. Verse 7. Revelation 13, verse 7. Talking about the president of Syria. It was given to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them and authority over every tribe and people and tongue and nation was given to him, Assad. This is very, very clear. Assad will be given by God every nation. That would include America. Australia, Fiji, Korea, Ethiopia, Canada, all nations, all languages, every language, every African language, every Korean language, every language every people, every tribe, every nation. This is so clear. You cannot misunderstand this. We'll be given to Assad. God will give him this. Because the Bible says that the Assyrian is the rod, the spanking tool, the paddle of God. But the Bible says that the Assyrian is the rod of God's anger. So we must accept this, that America and whatever nation you live in will be invaded and conquered. If Trump did make America great again, it would only last for a few weeks, a few months, at the most. The time is short. Time is short. Stop living in a fairy tale. Let's go to one more place. John 18.
John 18, verse 36. John 18, verse 36, page 115, page 115, John 18, verse 36, Jesus answered, quote, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would be fighting so that I would not be handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not of this realm. Jesus said if his kingdom was of this world, his servants would fight. Talking about physically fighting Jesus did not come to protect Israel from invasion amen Jesus did not come to turn you and me and this church into a physical flesh and blood fighting army, fighting the very people that he is going to send. That would not make any sense. A kingdom, a kingdom against itself will not stand. Why would God have you to raise up arms against an army that he is sending? That doesn't make any sense. Amen. It is appointed for Russia and China to invade America. And whether you believe it's going to happen or not, doesn't make any difference. It's still going to happen. Period. Amen. If America will ever be saved, it will be by the paddle. That God will send to straighten this nation up, to shape this nation, and to bring this nation to its knees. That is what we need even more than Trump. We need a good spanking more than we need Trump. And a good spanking is the only thing that is going to save America. Amen. People need to ask God for greater measure of discernment so that you would not fall to all and every conspiracy theory on the Internet. Every new conspiracy theory, the people that say that they are saved, even the people that I baptize, fallen for. Things that distract you, hinder you, 
from focusing on Jesus. Q Anonymous is hindering, distracting you from your focus on Jesus. Instead of paying so much time and attention to Q Anonymous and that vain false hope, you need to be growing in the Bible, including prophecy, growing in obedience and repentance, growing in discernment and wisdom, and getting your supplies ready, and witnessing about the commandments, the seventh day, the holy days, the truth about Christmas and Easter and Halloween, the truth about other things, the truth about prophecy, warn people about strong delusion. Instead of quoting what Q Anonymous said, you need to be quoting what Pastor Tim said, the prophet of God, that Russia and China is going to come in and destroy your town and you better find a hiding place. That is what you need to be posting on Facebook. Instead of Q Anonymous, it's going to save America. Instead of Trump is going to save America, you need to be warning that the Russians are coming and going to spank you. Set your priority. Reset your priority. People have the wrong focus. People need to leave the church of Trump. Trump is not perfect. Trump is not your savior. Change your profile picture and come out of Babylon altogether. I'm okay with people voting. I'm okay with signing petitions, protesting in the streets, supporting Trump. I'm okay with this. God is okay with this. But have the proper balance and realize that time is short. Time is short. Realize it. Think about it. And share what is more important. And get more involved in this ministry. I do not understand why people do not want to be more involved in this ministry. Time is so short. Time is so very, very short. I do not understand why people don't want to call me don't want to text me, don't want to email me. They just completely ignore me, except for just listening to services or just reading the newsletter or whatever. But people need to be counseling with your pastor. People need to be counseling with your pastor. And fellowshipping with the congregation. People need fellowship with the congregation. You cannot do this alone. Why are you not coming to the chat room? Unless you're working. I know if you're working, I understand. I'm talking about people that are not working when we're having the chat Thursday night at 9 o'clock p.m. and they don't want to be involved and they don't want to join in our social media accounts and they don't want to distribute the flyers and, and other things. They don't want to get involved. They just want to 
hide over there and be all by themselves. I do not understand that. We're supposed to be a family. We're supposed to be a church, a congregation. Get involved. Because if you continue to sit on the fence, it's worthless. Sitting on the fence is worthless. Another vain pursuit. Amen. We need to stick together, be a family, be a united congregation. Be there for one another. I need you. I need help. I have begged for help. And I will continue to beg for help because I need it so bad. But if help ever shows up, oh, Lord, I'm not God. If help ever, ever, ever shows up, I guess hell will freeze over. Okay. Well, we've still got two or three days of Hanukkah. I hope that you're able to enjoy a special meal on the last day of Hanukkah. I hope that this Hanukkah has changed your life, every one of you. I hope this Hanukkah has changed you in some way for the better. I hope that by the end of this eight-day fiesta, that you will be more in line with God's spirit and God's will, more than before. I pray that for every one of you right now. You're going to be more in line with God's spirit and God's will, in your spirit, in your soul, in your heart, and in your mind, and in your life, in every possible way that these sermons is going to be your spiritual chiropractor, your spiritual doctor to realign your spiritual spine. Congratulations to Brother Mark, who got baptized today at 12 noon. He did. Wonderful, wonderful event. The whole congregation should have been there to witness it. It was live. It was live. I told people it would be. But if you missed it, it was recorded. And I will be posting that. Well, that is already posted on TalkShoe, and you can go listen to the baptism on talk to you. That is on talk to you. Now, as far as the video of this sermon right here, God willing, it should be on the website one hour from now. It only takes me a few minutes after the sermon to take the video and upload it to the website. So in one hour or less, today's video sermon for the deaf will be available. It is also available for anybody else that would like to watch the video of today's sermon as well. Please, please pray that the video sermons will reach a lot of deaf people and people that are not deaf, that it will help to bring more people into the knowledge of the truth, but not just in a knowledge of the truth, but in repentance 
please pray for this. Please pray for this ministry and for the finances of this ministry so that we can reach more people because the time is short and this is urgent. This is so very urgent. I wish people would understand how urgent this is to get these messages, these sermons, the prophecies of Jesus to more people. Urgent. I cannot overemphasize how urgent that it is. Do not get distracted. Set your priorities. Read the Bible. Worship God during the week. Pray, 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 pray. Ask God to show you your sins. Ask God to deliver you from anything and everything that you need to be delivered from. Ask God for more of his Holy Ghost. And you need to use that word, Holy Ghost. Because the word ghost has a special, powerful meaning that God died but is still alive. The word spirit does not have that meaning. Holy ghost is very important. Holy ghost. Holy I want everybody, even if you're not deaf, to run this sign language for Holy Ghost. It's the two fingers, that's the H, cross your hand for Holy, and bring it up in a circle coming up, Ghost, Holy Ghost. I also want people to learn this sign blood. Cut your hand right in front of you like that, one of your hands. Take the other hand in front of it, come from the bottom of the hand. Take your three middle fingers and just wiggle, tap. With your three middle fingers, tap. Go down like blood flowing from the hand. Right? So that's blood. I believe there is power in sign language. I believe it is a gift to mankind. And I believe it would be extremely useful for the end time church of Jesus. Thank you for listening today. Happy Hanukkah, Fiesta of Dedication. Congratulations again to Brother Mark. And I hope to hear from more of you. And I hope for this church to grow in love with one another. And I hope to see more pictures of everybody and your celebrations and Show me pictures of your food. I would love to see that. 
I would love to hear from the young generation, from the young people, young men and young women. You don't know how much I crave to hear from you. Because you need to be saved too. You need to make your own decision to fully surrender to Jesus and live for him. You cannot get into the kingdom through your parents. Because your parents are saved does not mean you're going to heaven. You have to get saved, not just your parents. You have to make your own decision to obey God, to live clean for Him, and to surrender to Him and obey Him, serve Him, and worship Him. Read the Bible. Pray. follow him. And I hope that you will make that choice freely and willingly. And I pray that more people will take to the streets distributing the flyers, the gospel tracts that you can print from the ministry website because it is extremely urgent. Get these flyers into the streets, into the different neighborhoods and different towns. Warn the people about the strong delusion. That's a very important flyer, the one about the strong delusion. Look for it on the website. It's there. And I encourage people to spend more time reading the ministry website and reading the articles again and again and again. Because you need to be trained in the truth. Because one of these days, that website will not be there anymore. You need to know these things, these truths. Without Pastor Tim, without the website, I would not always and forever be with every one of you when there is no electorate and no internet. So learn now while you can learn. And work now in witnessing to people while you still can. Amen. Okay. Thank you very much. And that concludes today's broadcast and sermon. Hope that you have a good and restful seventh day. Happy Hanukkah. In Jesus' name, amen. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 